morning. Oh, let's try that one more time. Good morning. Welcome to Stony Brook United Methodist Church. Truly, it is a pleasure to be in God's house this morning. This is the day that God has created. Uh, let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I am sure that um, our faith teaches us that God is not necessarily on the side of one football team or another, but I'm sure that God is looking down and celebrating with some of us this day. We're so glad that you've joined us um, in worship, either online or here in, in the sanctuary. I bring you greetings on behalf of the entire staff, including our pastor, for, or preacher for the day, Pastor Clara Kwan. And as we begin our time together, I invite you to pull out your, your connection card that you'll find in your bulletin. And if you're online, our online host will put a link there. Um, this is an opportunity for you to share with us that you are with us uh, today in, in attendance. And also, um, if you have a prayer concern that you would like to share with us, we would be glad to hold that concern in our prayer life this week. Also on the back, there's um, items that you can sign up for. Uh, the first that I would like to talk about happens next Sunday, our church-wide fall kickoff. Um, it is um, September 11th from 4.30 until 7. Uh, City Barbecue is catering the event so that we ask that you sign up so that we know that you're coming and we'll have enough food prepared. And then there are fun activities for all ages, uh, including games and, and booths, so we invite you to be a part of that. The next announcement um, that you can sign up for is also um, on the back of your connection card. Um, if you're not yet a member of Stony Brook and would like to find out more about Stony Brook Church and what it means to be a United Methodist, uh, you're invited to fill out that card. Um, it is a one-day class on Sunday, September 25th from 1230 uh, to 2.30 to with lunch included. And then uh, if you decide that you want to join in membership, uh, you'll be commissioned during one of the worship services on Sunday, October the 9th. So we invite that to your attention. And also a new mission project um, uh, that I would like to talk about is our new home project uh, just kicked off. Um, it is a way in which Stony Brook supports our neighbors who are returning citizens um, and helps them create uh, a new home and furnish that home. Um, so the way that this works, you click on the link um, either um, online, and the link is also in your, in your bulletin. Uh, there's a list of items, and you're asked to uh, purchase items, or if you have uh, gently used items that, that match something on that list, um, you're invited to sign up and then bring those items to the church, and those will uh, be uh, used to help furnish a, a home. So um, we ask that you bring those items back to the church by Friday, uh, September the 9th. Um, you'll find um, many more opportunities. Some of those are new opportunities in your bulletin, so we ask that you uh, study that carefully about new um, upcoming events and, and ways that we can reach out and be uh, Christ's hands and feet to our neighbors. Friends, again, this truly is the day that God has created for us. I invite us now to be in worship together.
invite you to stand in body or in spirit as we join together in this morning's call to worship. Look around and see the wonderful works of God. We are gathered together to worship and praise the Creator. Jesus calls us to follow him. Discipleship makes uncomfortable demands of us. Yet the Holy One knows us completely. May the Spirit lead us to deeper trust and obedience. Amen. Let us continue our worship by singing together. seated. Let us pray. Loving God, we offer our prayers to you in gratitude and in thanksgiving, for in Christ you have laid a foundation for us that we might follow you more closely. We pray for the mission of your church and thank you for the joy and the encouragement that we receive from you through our church family. Give us the grace to plant faith and build love wherever you lead us to the benefit of your kingdom. We pray for all leaders and all people of this world. Give us a clear vision of the world that as you intend and the will to realize that dream, that dream of justice and that dream of peace for all. 
We pray for all who suffer in body or in mind or in spirit. And we ask that you bring refreshment to their hearts through Christ, that they may know your abiding presence and your power to comfort and to heal. We pray for your creation. Convict us, O God, of the ways in which we break down and destroy the fabric of your world. And give us the will to amend our ways as we seek to live in harmony with the goodness that you have created. We pray this day for the dying and for those who have died. May they rest in your eternal glory with all the saints in light. We thank you that you are a God who never ceases to call us to follow. You are a God who never ceases to hear our concerns as we pray, even when we don't have the courage to place them upon our lips. We know that your presence surrounds us, that your peace and your grace speak to us. God, we offer all of these prayers. Now to you be all the glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to hear this gift of music brought to us from Dave DeVries. Dave. You live among the least of these, the weary and the weak. And it would be a tragedy for me to turn away. All my needs you have supplied when I was dead. Could I not give it away so freely? And I'll follow you into the homes of the broken. I'll follow you into the world. I'll meet the needs of the poor and the needy God. I'll follow you into the world. Use my feet to make your kingdom come To the corners of the earth Until your work is done Cause faith without works is dead And on the cross your blood was shed so how could we not give it away so freely? And I'll follow you into the homes of the broken. I'll follow you into the world. I'll meet the needs of the poor and the needy God. Follow you into the world. All my 
myself and I give all myself and I give all myself to you and I give all myself oh I give all myself and I give all myself to you Follow you into the homes of the broken. Follow you into the world. And meet the needs of the poor and the needy God. I'll follow you into the world. Follow you into the homes of the broken. Follow you into the world. Meet the needs of the poor and the needy God. Follow you into the world. Thank you so much. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000, able to oppose the one who comes with him against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. This is the word of God for all of God's children. And let us respond with song.
So there are times in our lives when God's word spoken through scripture is exactly what we needed to hear. It's a specific word, a phrase, a thought that brings comfort and peace and reassurance, joy and hope. It's a whisper from God that reminds us that, we, that God is in control and that we are God's beloved children, that God will never leave us behind. And then there are times when we read the Bible, we read a passage, and we are left unsettled. Something inside us twists and churns, and we ask out loud, what does this mean? Or maybe even, why did God say that? I think this morning's passage is one of those places. And so I present to you this. I invite you, I I give to you an invitation from God. For every place that we sit in discomfort is an opportunity to adventure. To adventure into scripture and to discover a deeper understanding of who God is, of who we are, and that this is the journey of faith to grow closer to God, to strengthen our trust in Jesus, but the path won't always be easy. And so I invite you, let us journey together into this difficult passage. Let us contemplate and ruminate and let us wrestle with God until the Spirit blesses us with understanding. And so we open up to find Jesus saying to the large crowd that is following him, whoever comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister, and yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Talk about a way to disperse a crowd. Not only does it sound like Jesus is forcing us to choose between family or him, on top of that, Jesus tells us the one word that us Western American Christians hate to hear, you cannot. Whenever we hear the words, you can't do this, something inside of us swells up in rebellion. We straighten our backs, we stiffen our necks and say, why not? And so let's pause here, let us check ourselves, let us take a deep breath and examine. And I will say this up front and very clearly so that there is no confusion and no misunderstanding. Jesus in this passage is not telling us to hate our families. I'll say this again, Jesus is not telling us to hate our families. And so what is Jesus actually saying and what is he doing as he gives this word to the large crowd that is following him? I think what Jesus is doing is he is shocking them. He's using hyperbole and getting them to stop and to think. I believe this large crowd has been following him this way and that and they might not even know that they don't even understand that the path Jesus is walking on is not all roses, is not peachy keen. I think Jesus is throwing a bucket of cold water onto their fantasies. Fantasies that likely following after this Jesus person who is the new leader will get them benefits and privileges. They're already thinking of all of the high places of prestige and wealth that they will earn because they helped make Jesus into the new emperor. 
They're already planning on how to take the boons of being part of the resistance and how it will bring glory to their families and to their name, that they're already making schemes of how they're the ones that made Jesus king. And so they're going to use that to secure their bloodline for their future descendants. Because remember, in Jesus' time, the Messiah was expected to be a revolutionary political king. And so Jesus stops them. He says, I am not the king that you think I am. If you really want to follow me, actually, you need to be ready to, t- to be counted as a criminal and to die on a cross with me. I think that's what Jesus is saying when he says to them, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And I think this is an echo to his previous line about hating life itself. Because who within that large crowd thought first, I'm going to carry the cross. After all, Jesus went around healing and feeding and preaching against the very people who do force them to carry those burdens. Jesus is supposed to be their new leader, their revolutionary um, liberator, And so he's supposed to be different. And Jesus is, just not in the way they expected him to be. Jesus is not always who we expect him to be. Again, Jesus is not telling us to hate our families, to hate our lives, but Jesus is telling us that discipleship is not something we can pick and choose the best parts. Jesus is telling us to consider the whole cost. That the disciple, that discipleship is not some menu selection where we get to have the best and good parts, but that discipleship is a long-term, lifelong commitment. It is a long-term building project where we consider the whole cost, all parts, good and bad, and then we pay it. We pay the cost, we let go of everything, throwing ourselves on Jesus' kindness and trusting him. And I think that ties in together with Jesus' line about not being able to become Jesus' disciples without giving up all of our possessions. Jesus is inviting us to consider the cost and then to pay it, letting go and following Jesus. And I think we are once again brought into this uncomfortable place. And some of us might still be hung up on that word hate that was at the very beginning. Because hate is such a strong word. It's a strong emotion. And so we have to detach ourselves a bit so that we can examine what Jesus is trying to say to us. And so words like love and hate in our modern 21st century understanding tend to be associated with feelings and emotions. But for the author of Luke, love and hate were not feelings, but about the actions, the behaviors that demonstrated those. And so indeed, the the Greek word that is translated here as hate is actually the same root where we get the word mistreatment. It's actually that prefix, mis. 
And so if we read this passage again, replacing the word hate with the word mistreatment, it comes out, whoever comes to me and does not mistreat family, and yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciples. It still doesn't sit well. (laughs) But maybe there's enough uh, distance, uh, enough to detach ourselves and so that we can examine this. And so let's look at it from a different angle. Perhaps Jesus is asking us to love Jesus so much that it looks like we're mistreating family or taking our lives lightly. After all, we know that Jesus is not telling us to hate our families, so that perhaps Jesus is telling us to love him so much that our love cannot compare. This is how I was taught this passage when I was little, that we are called to love Jesus so much in comparison that it looks like we're not even loving our family, that we love Jesus so much that how we treat our family doesn't add up. I don't know about you. For me, this isn't quite satisfactory. I think it still forces us to choose either Jesus or family, and I know that Jesus is not telling us to do that because our families might be the very place that Jesus calls us to be a witness and to share Jesus' love and mercy. And so I think it's, Uh, more beneficial to understand what role family had in Jesus' time. In our society today, we live in a very individualistic culture, and the self-made man is still the highest ideal, and me and mine is still our greatest motivator. But in Jesus' time... Your identity, your prestige, who you were, where you could go, who you interacted with, those were all determined by your family, by whose son you were, and the family name that you carried. And so being born into this family, that you're, the family name that you are uh, carrying on, Being born in that family came with it certain obligations that needed to be fulfilled to ensure that your family line will continue, to ensure that the family is safe, that there is wealth, and that there is honor. So to mistreat your family, as Jesus challenges them, means that you're pulling out of the family, that you have no access So the name and the prestige that came with that. And I think that's where Jesus' challenge is for us today. Where is our identity? Where is our security? Where is our foundation? Is it in Jesus? Or is it in something else? Jesus exhorts that whoever does not carry the cross cannot be my disciple, to mistreat life itself. I think Jesus is inviting us to wear the same shame that Jesus had when he took up the cross. To smear our name and our prestige on behalf of loving others for caring and lifting them up. And so I think Jesus is challenging us that no longer can Christianity be the name which we use to climb the social ladder, 
No longer can Christianity be the name that we use to afford us special privileges or to even pat ourselves on the back that we are good for being here on a Sunday morning. Jesus is challenging us that what will Christians be known for? What is the identity that Jesus wants to give to us? That Christianity no longer can be the reason for being comfortable and safe that we don't get to choose the nice parts of Christianity because discipleship is not a menu selection. It requires our entire lives. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at when he mentions considering the whole cost, that Jesus is going to lead us into uncomfortable places, that Jesus is going to challenge what gives us our security, the way things have always been, the way we've always thought and lived our lives. And we give that up. And we let Jesus dictate for us. That might sound like mistreating life itself. But what Jesus wants to give us in return is something far, far better. Following after Jesus is not easy. It is not simple. And it will require work. But the work that we are doing is that we are building something eternal. That we are working towards restoration and redemption of this world with Jesus. And so we begin, as Jesus challenges us, to give up our possessions. Again, not literally, but it is relinquishing our right to it. Relinquishing our entitlement to the things that we have. Because quite honestly, none of it was ours to begin with. They all come from the source of life, the creator, God. And if the creator God we know is generous, that he considers us children, why wouldn't he give to us abundantly when we are in need? And so let's let go. Let go of our possessions, the way that we want to use our money and the way we want to use our time and the way that we want to use our energy and let Jesus dictate that for us. Let Jesus dictate where your money goes. I hope I didn't shock anyone there. (laughs) I think that's what Jesus was saying when he said, give away all of your possessions. This is discipleship. A lifelong building process, not something that we can pick and choose what matches to us. It is not selective. Discipleship is about our whole life. And so Jesus is not telling us to hate our family or our own lives, but Jesus is telling us to take a good look at what dictates our identity, where we spend our time, where we spend our money and our energy, and ask, is it Jesus who holds my identity? Is it Jesus whom I can trust my family to? Is it Jesus that I can lean on for my future. What parts of your life 
Does Jesus want you to relinquish control? And as we ponder that today and throughout this week, as we come to find an answer by Jesus' gentle leading, I pray that we will fully and wholly and become genuine disciples who follow after Jesus. Let us pray. O merciful God, we praise you. Even in the midst of discomfort and unsettled uneasiness, when your word challenges us and pushes us out of our comfort zone, we still praise you. We pray that your challenge to us this morning of re-examining where our identity and our security and where our foundation comes from, open our eyes to see those places where you are leading us to relinquish control. And in so doing, may we become fully and wholly disciples who follow after Jesus. We thank you. We lift all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Being a part of the Stony Brook community means that we have an ever-ending commitment to reach out beyond the walls of this church, to reach out to our neighbors. One of the ways that we do that is by, uh, on the first Sunday of every month, taking up a collection for our benevolence fund. And these funds are used to help our neighbors in Franklin County with very practical needs. So far um, this year, we have, uh, could, uh, we have distributed over $13,000. And my guess is by the end of the year, we will have doubled that. Uh, but your offering makes that help possible. So there are baskets um, at, at the uh, back of the sanctuary. You're invited to place your benevolence offering there. If you're online, um, you can go to stonybrook.church give and find um, the benevolence line there for your contribution. Also, being a part of the Stony Brook community, um, there's an expectation that we give of our best uh, to, back to God. And that, that is what we do in our time of offering. Um, and I invite the ushers to wait upon us. Everything I am, everything 
and love that you have shown to us in Christ and pray your blessing upon these gifts. May they build your love in this world to the honor of your name. Amen. You may be seated. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love him, who earnestly repent of your sin and who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and each other. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And, and we, we have, have not heard the cry of the needy. needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us now pray in silence. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory, Glory to God. God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. He calls us to take up our crosses and follow him. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your holy church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we now offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we now proclaim the mystery of our faith together. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. Christ, Christ will come again. again. Let us pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. May our faith promote the knowledge of all that is good in Christ Jesus. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake in the one loaf. The bread which we break is in the sharing of the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is in the sharing of the blood of Christ. This table is open to all, those gathered here and those joining us online. You are invited to share in this holy sacrament, whether or not you are a member of this church or any church. Gluten-free elements are available for those who need them. And as you come forward, you'll be offered hand sanitizer, given a cut piece of bread, and invited to take a cup of juice. Prepackaged elements are also available for those who prefer to use them. I invite the ushers to wait upon us. Come, let us feast at his banqueting table. a place where mercy reigns and never dies 
There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide, where all the love I've ever known comes like a flood, comes flowing down at the cross, at the cross. I surrender my life, I'm in all of you, I'm in all of you, where your love ran red, and my sin washed white, I owe all to you, I owe all to you, Jesus. a place where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness, where all the love I've ever Comes like a river, comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you, I'm in all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white. I'm all to you. I owe all to you. Here my hope is found. Here on holy ground. Here I bow down. Here I bow down. Here arms open wide. Here you saved my life. Here I bow down. At the cross, I surrender my life. I owe all to you. I'm in all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you. All to you. I owe. saved my life. Here I bow down. Here I bow. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you, 
I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery which you've given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the living of our days in the strength of your spirit, always willing to hear your call and always willing to follow. We offer all of this to you. Amen. Let's now stand in body and spirit as we sing our closing. May the everlasting love of God, our Creator, and the abundant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the presence of the Holy Spirit empower you so that you may follow Jesus wherever he leads. Amen.